0: welcome to Frickety frack we do talk back thank you for joining us in this episode hello my name is jeff and i'm frick hello my name is patrick and i'm frack uh frickity frack we do talk back is a show airing once a week where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel uh, we are going through the second season of My Hero Academia, and we're going to connect lessons from each episode to teachings in the Bible. And just as many of you are, we're also fans of other things. So when we get finished with this uh, season of My Hero Academia, we're going to go in a different direction and look at anything ranging from anime, comics, video games, movies, or anything else that we're fans of. Uh, we got the name of our show from our father, who dubbed us Frickin' Frack since we were kids.
1: So, the title of this episode is The Aftermath of Hero Killer Stain. So, a reporter is shown being in a helicopter flying over Hosu City reporting that it is unknown at this time what has been causing the separate incidents throughout the city. She then spots Shigaraki and Kuragiri atop a water tower. Shigaraki and Kuragiri prepare to leave and Kuragiri wonders if Shigaraki is pleased with the results. He states, depends on the headlines tomorrow's moron. Midoriya and Ida. Midoriya, Ida, and Todoroki wake up in the hospital recovering from their injuries and are processing the fight with Stain. Gran Torino and Manuel come to check on the kids and introduce them to the chief of police, Kenji Tsurigami. The chief explains that if it became public that the three unlicensed heroes had used their quirks to cause harm, the pro heroes that were their supervisors would face harsh punishments as well as the young heroes. Todoroki states that this is ridiculous. If Ida hadn't stepped in, Nada would, would have died. And if Midoriya had intervened, Native and Ida would have died. Are they supposed, and he questions, are they supposed to let people die just because they're not licensed? Isn't that the point of being a hero? He also makes the point that no one even knew that Stain was still in Hosu. It was Ida that figured that out. The chief stops Todoroki. He says, when he, was, when he was speaking before, he was speaking on the official stance of the police department. However, since there were so few witnesses, it can be easily reported that Endeavor is the one that actually stopped staying. So it means no punishments needed to be doled out, but no one can know that they were the ones that stopped staying. The kids apologize and agree to allow Endeavor to take the credit. The news the next day focuses mostly on Stain being captured, although there is speculation that there may have been ties to the League of Villains due to the Nomu presence and reports of Shigaraki and Koragiri being at the attack. This infuriates Shigaraki. Midoriya comes to check in on Ida and Todoroki. Ida reveals that the attack caused some nerve damage in his left hand. It could possibly be healed with nerve transplant surgery, but he admits that stain was right about him, that he isn't a hero yet. So he vows that he will not truly, he won't seek treatments for his hand until he truly can call himself a hero. Gran Torino calls all might and set and complains to him and says, you know, a heads up about Midori would have been nice since Midori tends to act without thinking his uh, what wound up happening is that Grant Torino received a pay cut and his teaching certificate was, was suspended for six months. He goes on to explain that he sees similarities between Stain and All Might. Both are charismatic and determined to represent something. Where All Might is trying to represent the symbol, to be the symbol of peace, Stain was trying to represent a better society and one with true heroes in the form of killing the frauds. Torino is afraid that copycats will be created since stain's ide- ideology will be talked about now that he hasn't been, and now that he's been captured. All Might isn't concerned if the hero, if the hero stops Stain, they can stop the copies. Torino states, that is not the problem. There is the speculation that the League of Villains has ties to Stain. So the copies, the copycats won't just go out and be their own thing. They're going to seek out the League. So now that the League appears to have an ideology and they're not some brats who attacked a school, there's the potential for the League of Villains to become a true threat. He fears that if this was the strategy all along, the strategy sounds a lot like all for one. So we get a couple of uh, first appearances in this one. We get the chief of police, although if I remember correctly, I think this is the only time that we actually really see him. Uh, but yeah, his this name is, is the in, only episode he's in. Yeah, so his name is Kenji Surigame. And he is actually... He's, he's like the uh, principal of UA, where he's an anthropomorph. Uh, and so he's actually a dog. And he was actually quite... <laughs> I actually really enjoyed him, because he just... It's one of those things that, you know, animes will do this with characters from time to time, is they'll give them this little interesting character quirk and so you know him being a dog he at the end of his sentences or at the end of his thoughts he goes woof, because i mean he's a dog it's uh, just like kenji. with sue saying ribbit all the time right um and although she's not as anthropomorphized as um true that's you know, true. as as kenji or the or the principal are uh
0: and so we've got uh then we've got a, a couple of name drops uh for the first time uh, one has been hint- both have been hinted at for a little while uh but we get kind of a we get the first the predecessor to all my uh shimura and that gets kind of hinted at and how close Gran Torino was um to shimura um shimura, then, shimura I apologize uh then the big one is the name of the villain and that this is the villain that injured all might so badly and they uh all
1: for one and we also find out too that all for one is also the person that killed all might's predecessor shimura
0: yes yeah. and so that was a great reveal in this episode and um you know it's one of those interesting things when we when you do reveals like this, uh, you, you want to make sure it doesn't feel cheap, but you also don't want it to be too drawn out either. Uh, and so it, it really kind of felt like the right amount of time uh, for them to reveal, you know, one for all's nemesis and all for one. Um, and then, uh, but then getting the, the taste of Shimura, Shimura um, as well. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. That they, it was just
1: the right amount of time um, to, to lay it all out. Mm-hmm. And we do see there are a few characters that make their first appearance in this episode. But since it's building towards something else, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about them right now. Um, that and their we're, names we're, aren't dropped either. Yeah, their their names aren't dropped but they do make their first appearances in this episode and they're actually very interesting characters. Um we'll, we'll all, talk about although that they profession. may yeah yeah although they may be villains but they're they're very interesting and yeah. um they like they the, these these characters actually have some really big followings from the My Hero Academia fan base. Um, Absolutely. And, and rightfully so because they are genuinely interesting. Yeah,
0: well, it's it's like one of those things where um, in, in comic books, you know, one of the things that you're supposed to learn. And it's one of the, the lessons that I was um, uh, it was really drilled in my head when I used to work at a comic book store is like, listen, don't make fun of any comic book character because it could be someone's favorite. And I was like, and my boss was like, and a sale is a sale. I want everything sold. And so I was like, so don't make fun of anyone. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's really hard. I mean, because <laughs> if you've seen some of these comic book characters, I mean, they're ridiculous. But like you said, they could be someone's favorite. Um, and what? so it's the same thing with My Hero Academia characters um, that everyone has their own favorites. And um, except Mineta. Nobody likes Mineta the most. Yeah, except for Mineta. Um, no, yeah. And if you are, write in and let us know <laughs> and <laughs> we will apologize to you directly because you're probably the only one. <laughs> um, so one of the things so just even back from the beginning of the episode, we see um, some non-hero professions at work. We see the reporter and the camera crew and, um, and so I, one of the things that I thought of was, like, I mean, she spotted Shigaraki and Kuragiri from really far away. So uh, my thought the, was ca-
1: Even the camera... Mind. Yeah, and even the cameraman didn't catch it. And yeah. he had to look around a little bit and then zoom in to see yeah. the two people. So
0: one of my first thoughts was that she might have a zoom quirk like um, um, May. Um, yeah. And to, to get that... But also, it's... I mean, it's also... Um, you know, it's story driven. So who knows? Uh, she might have had it like, oh, she has a quirk that is like, oh, people are standing on water towers. I should look at that um, quirk. You know, I mean, there, there's yeah. some ridiculous quirks out there. <laughs>
1: right. um, yeah. And, it, and one of the things, too, that happens is that we get, you know, we, building off of that, we also see more that we, we learn even more of the history of quirks and how their society has gone with it and so it's again so not a whole lot happens here there's some there's some character moments but again this is one of those this is a world building episode. It's where we learn more about how the world operates and why why things are the way that they are um you know and so for instance i i can't recall but this is i believe this is I'm sure it's hinted at but the, i believe this is the first time it's outright stated that people really aren't supposed to use their quirks unless they're a licensed hero in public um, although they do qualify as you're not supposed to really use your quirks to cause harm to other people uh, so you're still technically allowed to use your quirk but you're not allowed to use it to harm people um, yeah
0: yeah this is this this is the first time you really kind of find out there's there's consequences if you harm someone else with your quirk yeah um, and you're not a licensed hero and um because if you read the my hero academia vigilantes manga the in the very first chapter the main character gets a ticket a citation for using his quirk because he has a mobility quirk um and so he can slide in the beginning of the series he can slide across the ground like a like a bug and um uh and so he and he doesn't go very fast he goes about this he goes slower than a bicycle and so they someone pulls him like a police officer pulls him over and gives him a ticket for using his quirk um without a license right um, like that so um but that's, you know, so there's, there's regulations. Like if, if you want to use your quirk, like it has to be regulated, just like with Urravity wants to be licensed to be able to use her
1: quirk so she can do her, um, help her parents construction. With construct- yeah. So, yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting that it's like, okay, they have all these quirks, but you can't use them. And so there's, and in all honesty, I, I feel for Todoroki, arguing against the police chief because it's like isn't you know he 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 states at one point isn't the definition of a hero is to help people Mm -hmm. and so if we didn't intervene even though we're technically we're, we're it's technically illegal for us to you know we we shouldn't we have to wait for our pro hero to show up it's like well none of the pro heroes knew that you, he was that Stain was even there. Stain was just killing, he, he tracked down and found Native and was about in the process of killing him, but Ida found him. And then, um, because the Nomu attacks, Midoriya is around and heard and caught wind that Ida was missing. So then he went looking for Ida and so saved Native and Ida from being killed. And because Midoriya sent out a, an alert, Todoroki happened to be near the area. So Todoroki got there. And so, yes, it's great that if, you know, it would have been great for them to be able to get pro heroes there sooner, but they, they couldn't, they couldn't do it. You know, they, they needed to intervene because literally lives were on the line. And so it's, I, I definitely get an approach understand Todoroki's frustration and in fact there's a lot of me that agrees with you know not necessarily the fame aspect you know because like the chief plays it up it's like well you know you can't we can go public and it, and admit that you guys were the ones that stopped staying and you'll get the notoriety and um, you'll get you know some fame and some accolades for it and people will probably even appreciate you but because of the rules of our society you will have to be punished and you know he kind of even makes it sound like it'd be one of those things that would prevent them from being able to be heroes in the future uh, which would be bad for them because that's what all three of these guys are shooting for they're wanting to be professional heroes um and the police and the police chief even recognizes that these are three
0: very promising heroes I mean they're they're not even done with the first semester of school yet and they took out someone that they had all been uh, that had uh, you know, the hero killer had been—he took out Ingenium. You know,
1: um, right. and so, well, and, you know, and the and the thing is too is that, you know, it's like yes, the chief uh, acknowledges it, and he's you know, I don't know, I just I just disagree with this because it's like if you can if you can help somebody, you know, so, and maybe it's just you know I I strongly lean towards being you know, compassionate and being helpful towards people. And if I can help, I, I try to do the best I can to help. Um, granted, I don't have superpowers, so I wouldn't necessarily be looking to go in and stopping a fight, but you know, I definitely don't want to see people get harmed and want to make sure if, if I can help somebody, then I can, then I want to help. Um, yeah, but, but again, like if I had, you know, if I had Midoriya's powers, heck yeah, I'm going in and I'm going to break up the fight. Yeah. Well, it's,
0: that's one of the interesting things. Like there's one more that Gran Torino uses to describe their society as a whole. Uh, He says that this is a society of repression and even Gran Torino, who is a pro hero and is a part of the system recognizes the issue. Um, Mm. And so because of the regulation of heroes, I mean, think about all of the different things that we've talked about up until this point with this, um, with this series, that you know the the goo monster from the first episode, um, and I mean, they're like, oh yeah, pro hero, like, and how many times that's been said in the show so far? They're like, oh yeah, pro hero will be along, along shortly. Um, they don't they don't have to do anything because all they have to do is call for a pro hero, and that person will take care of it. There's no civic responsibility because one, the society says they can't um help in that way um mm-hmm. and and two they're they're like they've passed the buck so there's there's two issues and you know and that's one of the re- that's the reason why stain um his ideology they they're you know one of the things they talk about in the episode is that his rant gets keep keeps getting pulled off the internet but it keeps getting put back up because so many people agree with the fact that, heroes are in it for the wrong reasons and everything i mean this is this is one of those things that you know if we really wanted to get into it we could talk about this for a, an
1: hour if not longer about cork yeah. rights <laughs> right and and interestingly and they even talk about this in this ep- in this episode or, or Midori in, in his narration talks about how this this stuff the the fallout from stain is not going to go away like up even up until now in the anime, there's aspects of it that are still dealing with stuff involved with Stain and what he was preaching. Um that's there's still ramifications. Now it's not necessarily an every episode sort of thing, but it it, it comes the, the Stain ideology comes back in a big way later in the anime. Um this is by far
0: one of the biggest story changes in the entire series that has the long, one of the longest reaching ramifications for
1: this whole series. And, and the, and the thing is too, is that this is only like, this is what, like the fifth or sixth episode, or there's only like five or six episodes in this particular story arc and just how huge the ramifications are for it. Um, And again, we'll talk about it as we get to it uh, is we're, it's a it's a ways down the road but this S- stain's presence is not done uh in terms of how he's impacted the series and how he's impacted the characters mm-hmm. and especially with this and again like i said especially with his ideology his ideology is going to be far-reaching and what but like, and like you know like i was saying before like i i agree with Todoroki. i think it's there's there's a serious issue with the system and the fact that if you can intervene and, and protect people and you, you know, if it can work, you know, if you can intervene and help somebody, you should. Um, and, you know, the the chief coming back is like, oh, well, that's all well and good when it works out for you. And it's like, what does it matter if it worked out or not? They intervene to try and save a life and so there you know there very was the, the potential the possibility that these you know these kids these here these heroes could have died but again it's it's better than and you know like in my you know in my opinion it's like it's almost you know it's like especially when you aspire to be a hero like they do to restrict them from being able to go out and help somebody when somebody needs help you know how is that you know, it's like, so they got injured, they possibly could have died. It's like, so you're using the fact that they lived as as a, oh, well, you know, you're only saying that because it worked out like that. It's like, they still got beat up and slashed and cut and, you know, Ida got hand nerve damage. And so it's just like that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that they were acting in a good, with good heart, with the exception of Ida. But you know, with Midoriya and Todoroki, they were acting out of the desire to preserve people's lives, and so it's just—I, I just, I really have an issue. I, I, I do. I genuinely have an issue with uh, this philosophy that if you have, the, if you have the power, you have the ability to help somebody, you should help them. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I mean, think about this whole this kind of basis of ideology. Uh, I mean, this is also big in in the comic books. Like, it, you know, that's, I mean, with great power must also come great responsibility. I mean, that's Spider-Man's catchphrase. Um, uh, but then, you know, we also look at uh, the Marvel Civil War comic series was kind of based on this whole idea too. Um, uh-huh. That had huge ramifications for the Marvel comic Marvel comics and then also in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well but anyway that's a you know they're two actually very different stories um for the most part Um and just kind of borrowed names anyways but you know that was the same thing like you know superheroes like you know should they be working within the law you know you know are people like Spider-Man and Daredevil who are secretive and Work outside the system more so than heroes like Captain America and Iron Man that are much more a part of Shield or that kind of system. or Especially Captain America more um, than Iron Man as much. Like he, anyways, like they're much more system heroes. Where Spider-Man and Daredevil are much more outside the system heroes. And like, which one is? Which one is the best way to do it? Um, and so. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a big discussion, and in this whole discussion about using your quirks for helping, I mean, this is not a a topic that's going to go away in My Hero Academia uh, for the long run. Because if you're reading the the manga currently, this is a big issue um, in the manga that comes up further down than the anime has covered so far.
1: Right, Um, and. And, and one of the things, too, is that when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, like this type of issue, when it comes to superpowers and whether or not people should be able to, f- you know, kind of freely use them, you know, don't get me wrong. I do think pe- people need to be trained in their skills. You know, people should be taught and, and, ter- and trained in, in order to make themselves better. But to restrict people from helping people just because they're not a properly licensed hero is ridiculous to me because in all of and, and, you know, it's just like some, you know, it's like people don't like it when you do this with arguments, but sometimes in order to understand the danger of a law or a rule, you have to take them to an absurd level. So let's say just for an instance, just for an instance, as a, as a, for instance, let's say, Somebody accidentally, you know, you're at a grocery store. Somebody accidentally knocks over the stack of oranges. Uraraka and her skill of being able to just touch things and cause them to levitate would make the job a whole lot easier of putting the oranges back on the on the counter or on the or on the display so people could easier, you know, shop and inspect the oranges is technically you can make an argument that she was using her powers to harm because, you know, there's there's employees at the grocery store that it is their job to clean that sort of stuff up. And she prevents them from doing their job, causing them harm, potentially even, you know, could potentially get somebody kicked out of their job or no longer need to work because, you know, her rock goes around and does it if she does this as an unlicensed hero. So, or it's just as simple as, you know what? This this old lady's really struggling, you know. She's really hired. and you it's like, you know what? I've got to tell you know I've got a teleportation quirk, and she needs to cross the street, so I'm going to teleport her across the street. Well, what if she maybe you know? It's like you're you're being nice, and you know you tell her you have a teleportation quirk, and then maybe you you know it's like she doesn't realize that when you teleport her, she might get a little you know seasick or whatever, so she pukes. She you could potentially get punished. You could get People could you could use the the law that you're an unlicensed hero, so you're causing harm, and you could get fined or in trouble for doing something like that. And it's like, and yeah, it you know, and again, it's it's an absurd level, but it's it's where laws can go it, on based on the regime and who's in charge of in, of enforcing the rules. And so it's, and again, don't don't mistake that. I don't think people like these heroes should be trained in their ability to help them, but to prevent somebody from helping or using the the gifts that they've been given to their fullest extent is wrong, you know? And so I just, I don't know. Does that make sense, Pat? I, I didn't really intend to go on a rant like this, uh, but it, it just, it really got me fired up. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense, but you know, But that's, that's the point. Like one of the things that, and this, I will spoil this a little bit. Um, One of the things that they'll, they'll talk about in the upcoming part of the series, this is in the manga kind of thing that something happens and um, they talk about that society has gone back to what it was like before the hero society was formed, and that it's very dangerous. Everyone's using their quirks, that kind of thing, and um, so they—they, they, you know, one of the things that they've hinted at and and talked about is that a lot of bad things happened that led to the heroes, the professional hero, coming up about, and so it's just one of those things where you know there was that balance and that that's why this discussion you know you know you know jeff being really passionate about this and um me kind of being like well i mean we could talk about this for hours think about what it was like for the the governments. i mean think about how long it takes for us to decide anything as a as a you know united states congress um and think about what it would have to do to with regulating someone's superpower. Um, you know, think of, you know, Todoroki, he can shoot fire from his left side and ice from his right side. And I mean, he's a living weapon. Um, and, you know, just think about like, okay, what do we do? Like this guy could shoot laser beams from his eyes. Um, this kid can blow his sweat is nitroglycerin. Uh, I mean, right. I mean, is it's just enormous, and the the amount of discussion just to figure all of this stuff out it would be crazy, you know. Um, uh, so it's just yeah. think of think about how long it would take for society to be like this to be to get to a normal. You know, I'm going to go with safe society. It's safe, but one of the things I'm going to pull back to what Grant Torino said, repressed. It is a repressed society because they're like, okay, well, I can't do anything because I'm not a pro hero and I'm not going to use my quirk at all because I don't want to get a ticket like, um, you know, the crawler from My Hero Academia vigilantes, like because he got a ticket for using his mobility quirk when he wasn't licensed to do it. So, I mean, there's just nothing that they can do about that kind of stuff all right so let's change let's change gears let's talk about some of the funny stuff that happened in this episode um mm-hmm. uh so one of my uh uh favorites is Deku being like Uraka and Deku have a conversation over the phone and so Uraka hangs up first and A gunhead is there and you're like ooh is that a boy and she's like no well yes but it's not like that and she gets all nervous and then then when they hang up Deku realizes like oh my gosh I talked to a girl on the phone and it was like she was right here whispering in my ear and I'm just like man this is once again another point to um, this show really understanding teenagers
1: because you know I was Deku yeah i remember i remember the first time i talked to a girl well i talked to a girl i liked on the phone yes Um, yes and definitely definitely understanding his feelings like oh my gosh i talked to her on the phone and uh so yeah Yeah. i definitely understand that and even kind of having some stuff laid out of like all right this is what we're going to talk about so i've got a thing so in case there's a lull this is what we're going to talk about and so it's will think i'm cool um I feel you, Deku. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and so, for one of the things too that and was a little funny is that Todoroki doesn't really have a sense of humor. He, you know, he's a he's a little naive in the way of social cues, uh, where he may. But you know, obviously, with how he's been throughout the series, he lacks social cues because he, again, he wasn't. You know, he was. He's been trained to try and be what Endeavor can't be, and that is to be the number one hero. He's he's intended to be All Might's Usurper. So that's all if he's really experienced in his life. And we'll get to see more as the series progresses and find out a little bit more about how all that went down. But, you know, he talks about how he feels real bad about what happened to Ida is because when Ida makes the declaration, you know uh bring tells Midoriya that his left hand is damaged to the point where it's going to have nerve damage Midoriya's like you know what I feel you because and then it shows his scarred hand from you know Midoriya's battle with Todoroki and he's and Todoroki starts making he was like man I feel bad it's like I'm cursed anytime I'm involved somebody hurts their hand it's like am I the hand crusher and Midoriya and either just lose it because I think it's hysterical. They think is telling the joke. And it's like, I'm I'm not I'm not telling the joke. This is I'm genuinely concerned. And so it's just it was it was a great moment of levity, although it's not directly funny. It's funny because Todoroki doesn't realize he's being silly, he, he's saying silly things. Yeah, no, that was great. And I I love that
0: part of this, that part of the episode. It was definitely one of the highlights of the episode for sure.
1: And then a phone call is here. A phone call is here. And just the fact that, you know, that's all Mike's ringtone is him saying a phone call is here. And he's saying this in the presence of Aizawa and present Mike. And they're just like, that seriously can't be his ringtone. You know, is he a fanboy for himself? You know, that's, I I can only imagine that's kind of what they're thinking about. Because especially with how much of a fanboy Midoriya is, it's like, are you a fanboy for yourself? Because that's what it kind of seems like here, buddy. Or
0: it might just be he's just building, you know, he's just living into his brand, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Um, probably. But um, one last thing that for for me that I found interesting, like um, Jeff said, that there wasn't a lot that happened. But this was a world building episode, uh, the story making huge leaps forward um, uh, in this episode. The other, the, the one last thing for world building Was um, we learned a little bit more about the support gear business and we learned about the underhanded side of it. Um, So we see this guy, these two guys hanging out at a bar. One's got an eye patch, the other one's smoking. And um, they talk about, you know, like, you know, they couldn't, um, uh, you can only build and sell support gear items to certified licensed heroes so you can't do that but you know one of the things they talk about was that the some of the support businesses sell their stuff on the black market to unlicensed heroes or unlicensed heroes as in villains um but then one of the the support guy this the the guy with the eye patch talks about how oh he missed the time before all Might was on the scene because there was so much more chaos there's so much more business to be done uh now it's just kind of like it's it's slowed down or something like that so this guy is old enough to remember time before all might and this kind of business um so we that kind of gives us a, a hint a little bit more of how long all might's been operating in the hero world at least in japan um, so this was, that was just a cool little moment that we kind of we got a, a little bit of a glimpse to what the uh, villain life is like uh, in uh, my Hero Academia. So the the scripture that uh, we want to discuss comes from John chapter twelve, verse forty two through forty three. This is what the gospel says. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith, for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than praise from God.
1: And so the re- uh, so they re- so the reason that the we chose this verse is it kind of it it's it's revolves around the discussion that we were talking about with whether or not it's the the rules of whether or not it's okay to use their their quirks, their powers that they've been given. And, you know, so what's going on in the scripture is that there were leaders amongst the community, uh, even religious leaders that were following and believing what Jesus had to say and wanted to get in line with his teachings. However, they were so afraid of the Pharisees, and, and for those of you that don't know, the Pharisees were the uh, were one of the religious leaders at the time. So there were so even though there were like religious leaders, like different you know um, like rabbis and that sort of stuff, there was people above them that were called Pharisees, and they had a lot of power. And because they were so because because these religious leaders or leaders within the community were so afraid of the Pharisees. They couldn't. They refused to openly acknowledge that they be, that they believed what Jesus was teaching and wanted to get in line with his teaching. They were so afraid of what the Pharisees had to say. They wouldn't acknowledge him because they were more afraid of what people thought than they were about thinking about what it had what how the, how this affects their relationship with God. And so it's one of the things that, again, I think is so important for us to understand when it comes to our faith is that we have responsibility we have these commands to go out and do his work that we can't get so caught up on whether or not people approve of what we believe it we we need to we need we need to be open about we can't be afraid of what other people think you know so you know, so and again, like I've already stated, I, I fully support Todoroki's stance and the fact that, you know, it's like to be heroes to help, we can't just sit by and not help somebody just because we're not, it's, we're not licensed or whatever. So I think it's something that when it, where we can take with our faith is that we need to be opened. Uh, we need to make sure that we are taking our faith and walk seriously and not just seriously, proudly. You know, if we're called to be a Christian, if you've taken, if you've taken that walk up, you've, you've made that decision, there, there shouldn't be any shame about it or, or uh, embarrassment about it. Wear it proudly. Wear wear proudly the fact that you're, that you're a Christian. And, you know, because again, it's, it's not about us. It's not about, you know, the moment it's about eternity. And so that's what we're, that's what we're working towards. And there's, there's, you shouldn't have no shame about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you,
0: Jeff, you know, um, you know, we're not, you know, we, you know, as you're saying, we have responsibilities and uh, we are working towards eternity, but we're also working in the now as well, that in um, living into the kingdom. Now God's, you know, God's kingdom, is fluid and interesting to kind of talk about in a theological sense uh because we've got god's kingdom in heaven we've got god's kingdom here on earth we also have the coming kingdom and the kingdom that is already here because jesus is you know is present uh so it's you know it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around um sometimes but basically to understand is that you know jesus didn't you know, he gave us these commands that we are to follow as Christians, you know, think about Matthew chapter 25, where he says that when when you do these things for the least of these you're doing unto me, Um, you know, he talked about feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, visiting those who are in prison, uh, and all those things, um, welcoming the stranger. When we are, when we do those things for someone that cannot pay us back for it, but um, uh, we are doing this to Jesus. But when we ignore them, we are,, um, uh, we are ignoring Christ. And so just like what we're talking about in John chapter 12, verse 42 through 43, you know, we can't be afraid of this. We can't be afraid of being out as a Christian um, and as a follower of Jesus Christ because, You know, we are called to think of eternity, but we're also called to think of, you know, who, how are we helping people come to experience Christ in our everyday lives? And if we are timid and we are afraid of what people will think of us because of that, then what good is our faith? Um, You know, so just as, you know, Jeff was saying, you know, Todoroki makes the good argument. We've got the quirks to help. Why can't we help? And, um, and so that's the, what the chief of police he basically, you know, he retorts back, he's like, well, that's because you're naive and young and not ready to be a pro hero yet because you're not a pro hero yet. Um, you don't understand why the necessity of holding back on people using their quirks to harm people is important. And which, you know, like we said, this is something we don't necessarily fully agree with. Um, the the stance of society at, at this point in quirk use for my hair academia but for us as Christians use live your faith tell people about Jesus show people about Jesus um, and and jesus gave us commands of what we're supposed to be doing for our um, our our neighbors so we're supposed to go and do that um, so uh,
1: Jeff how would you rate this episode? Um I really do enjoy the the world building episodes. Uh, sometimes I enjoy them maybe even a little more than um than the like the action packed episodes. Um just because I, lo- I love this world. Um so I'll, so I'll give this one a four, uh, just because the world building is phenomenal. And, you know, just like how we've done with this episode, with this, this episode of the podcast, we've discussed a lot about just a philosophy when in it with it, within the series, like we, you know, we can have, you can definitely see different points of view as to why people view different view things different ways. And so it's just, it's something that I, I really enjoyed this aspect of the series and that, um, of just how thought out the world is, um, and then the the nice character moments in it uh, as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a four. Uh,
0: I'll give it a four as well. Um, you know, for basically for the same exact reasons. It's good. Um, it's it's a great solid episode. It's not necessarily um, one that is like one that's going to get you hooked to, to watch more, but it's for the, for the person who has decided to be a fan of my hair academia, this episode, just like what Jeff and I have been doing really makes you think a lot. It makes you want to see how this is going to play out in future stories. And so, um, so yeah, so this is a solid four episode. It's great. The character moments are, are really good. Um, some of the reveals are really good. So if, um, you know, I can't really tell you how to make it a better episode to make it a five, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's a really good episode. Um, so I guess that, like I said, I think my only little critique was it of it was if you're already a fan of my academia, it's going to make you want more. But if this is the first episode you watch, you're going to kind of be like, okay, um so so that's why so it's a it's a four for me uh all right so anyone with questions for us about the biblical lessons that we talked about in this episode uh or anything any other discussions you know if you've got a different point of view on on cork use in the society shoot us an email um so if you've got questions about anything from anime comics uh feel free to email us at fricketyfracktalkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at FricketyF or at Fricketyfrack on Instagram and Facebook. Know that we love you. Know that God loves you. So go beyond plus ultra.
1: My life.